My dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. Hey, you guys. Welcome to episode 394 now of the Ron and Don Show. And yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, I want to thank Les Schwab for sponsoring today's show. And don't forget, uh, spring is sprung. So if you need new tires, brakes, uh, you need to have alignment checked out, stop by any. F- yeah, I think they have 84 locations in western Washington. All you have to do is go to LesSchwab.com to find one in your neighborhood. And if you're looking, you're looking for a loan, you might want to think about switching to Mitch. Yeah, go to Mitch.loans. Uh, he is a sponsor here of the show and also gives you one half percent back of your loan value, uh, which is an amazing deal just for the Ron and Don Nation. Yeah, if you need us, let's sit down. Just go to RonandDonSitDown.com and we'll be your licensed realtors today. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, my son and I just got back from our birthday trip in New York, and I wrote something to him that I'd like to share with you. Uh, also, while we're in New York, I had a chance to visit the memorial, and uh, I want to have a talk with you uh, and chat about the memorial, because, Ron, I know that you've been there, too. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. My son had been, never been to New York City before, and a number of years ago, we had a birthday party for him. And I felt so bad because we had put together this really kick-butt birthday party, made all these different costumes for these different kids that were going to come, and then we had the party and only one child showed up. Hmm. And all these other kids didn't come, and the reason they didn't come is because it was spring break. And what we found out is I went through the same thing because our birthdays are on the 9th and 14th of April. And so you just kind of, and I know you run into this with the 4th of July with yeah, your birthday. right next to the 4th of July. If your birthday's close to Christmas and all that, you know what I'm talking. So so anyway, my birthday in my house was, was never really celebrated much, usually because we were a Catholic family and it landed on Easter. I remember one time we were camping in Florida. My mom totally forgot it was my birthday and I wasn't going to tell her. I was like nine and then when she finally figured out toward the end of the day that it was my birthday, she went and got like an Easter bunny cake and threw a candle in it. And 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 it was a little heartbreaking, I have to say, when I reflect on that birthday. Just And I knew that that bunny cake uh, was kind of an afterthought. So the Easter bunny has always killed me when it comes to my birthday. So I just decided a number of years ago, you know what we'll do is we'll travel together. We'll go somewhere. And so this year, he didn't know until we got to the airport that we're going to New York City. And he was so excited to go. So anyway, we did a thing that I don't love doing. I flew on a plane for a long, long time. Uh, We got to New York City, and we stayed down on Broadway. Nice. And the thing that we did that I really appreciated, and, and I did it for him, but I learned something here as far as traveling that I think I'll always that I'll always do. We had hired a guy to kind of give us a tour of the city. Oh, cool. And explain the city to us. So he went out with Gary. And Gary explained, for instance, why you have these long spires at the top of the Empire State Building. Is this New York, Gary? Yeah, New York, Gary. (laughs) So so they could tie off Zeppelins and they could tie off blimps. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I did not know that. My son knew that and was explaining this to Gary because he had learned about this. And then what happened is... 
the Hindenburg blew up and they're like, eh, I don't know if we'll be tying off Zeppelins to the top of New York skyscrapers. But it was supposed to be a parking lot in the sky. That's what that was That's about. That's crazy. So, and then we got to go and see where they filmed Jimmy Fallon. We got to see 30 Rock, where the ice rink is. And then uh, at some point, we jumped on the Staten Island Ferry. And while we're on the Staten Island Ferry to get there, we had jumped in the subway for the first time. And as we're riding in the subway, I look at my phone and I find out that there's a shooting in the subway just down the line. It's 3.7 miles just down the line, down in Brooklyn. And we are in the southernmost part of Manhattan right now. And it was on the train that was going from Brooklyn to Manhattan. And we were headed down to jump on the Staten Island Ferry, which, by the way, is free and it's painted orange. You'll have to go on a tour to find out why it's free, why it's painted orange. And then as we're coming back, they show you the Statue of Liberty. Uh, and they kind of explain the 12 million people that came ashore and where they ended up in the different boroughs and why. They explain Wall Street, that it was an actual wall, right? It was a, a, it was a war wall. And what happened when they would meet at Wall Street and the different sides? Yeah, they would sit there. I, I had a feeling when they you were to there. Tra- What's that? I was like, when you were traveling, I was like, I bet Don is eating up this history. Oh, so much history I in did. New York. And, and I loved it. And it was interesting because my son at some point looked at me. He goes, hey, daddy, I think we should get Gary's phone number because I think we're all going to be friends for a long time. And and Gary knew that my son was kind of an old soul and an empath. And, and I said, hey, I think uh, if he spent a little more time with you that he could do this tour one day. He goes... He's not going to do a tour of New York City. He's going to be like the mayor of uh, of New York City. So anyway, while we were on this tour, we all looked at our phones. We found out that the shooting had happened. And while the shooting is happening, while the shooting is or, or the aftermath, and they're, they're doing this manhunt. Did people in the, in the subway start to panic? Uh, not in the car that I was in, but then you saw a lot of people on the streets not getting back on the subway. In fact, my son and I walked probably almost 12 miles that day because we didn't want to get back on the train. And I didn't tell him why. I just told him initially, uh, there's lots of soft serve ice cream, and we're just going to go from truck to truck, and we're going to find some soft serve ice cream. Uh, So we ended up doing that. But I have to say, as we're listening, and then we're watching police appear everywhere. And what is New York? Is it the 7th, 13th, something like that, the largest army in the world when it comes to the police force? You saw police officers everywhere, everywhere, long guns out. They were everywhere and they were on the manhunt uh, looking for this guy. And then my phone is blowing up because people are like, hey, are you okay?" And in a city of 10 million people, uh, we were okay. But it was interesting because we're standing in front of Station 10 and Station 10 is right across the street from World Trade and from the Memorial. And we were getting ready to go into the memorial, and all this news is happening. And I started talking to some of the firefighters there, and one was actually a son of one of the firefighters that died on 9-11. There are six pictures on the wall, because on 9-11, six of those firefighters uh, went over across the street and didn't come back. And one of those particular firefighters, and, and it just... It warms your heart and it breaks your heart all at the same time. He was retired. And when he saw what was happening with his brothers and sisters, he just self-deployed. And he went out on truck 10 and, and he never came back. So, so it was interesting. You have this shooting going on in New York City. 10 people are shot. 29 people injured at all. You have this gunman that's on the loose. Uh, and at the same time, the police there made you feel very safe. Very, very safe. 
and you and you're sitting there and you're looking at the memorial and then you're looking at the new uh the new world trade that has been built and you're standing in front of a firehouse that that has this amazing story and this amazing backstory to it and so we were going to go in and I said, you know what? I think this is going to be too much for me today. And I think it, and, and I told my son that I th- said, I think this is just going to be too much for us today. And I said, you know what we should do is we should just come back. We'll come back another time. And I really thought that we would come back uh, uh, on another trip because of everything that was happening with the shooting. And a couple of days later on my birthday, my son told me, he goes, daddy, I know you really want to go to that memorial. He goes, let's go to the memorial. He goes, let's go. He said, uh, and then he made a reference to in the same way that New York City came back after 9-11. He said, we got to go back. We got to go back to that memorial. That's great. So, so we went back and I'll tell you what happened on the other side of this. You can just tell that they, uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we, you know, we got, we got some, some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with With Ron and Don. Mm -hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. um, And then they just came in with with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we, yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community. And knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now. And we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and... Um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening, you guys. I realize it's not easy. Charlie the dog and I have to listen to these two jokers every day. All right, you guys, welcome back. We were just talking about world trade and going back on my birthday. Uh, And thanks for all the great birthday wishes for myself and my son. And before we get out of here, I'm going to read something that I I wrote for him. Can I just ask you real quick, is going down there, and if you haven't been to New York uh, in a long time, what they've done with that site, and I just want to get your reaction to it before we talk about you going in there, and I'm interested to hear, is they decided, what are we going to do with this ground? It's now holy ground, all these people that perished uh, in the attack on 9-11. And so they've done some interesting things with the actual layout, but one of them that I love and I wanted to encourage you to do it is famous Spanish architect Santiago Calatrava designed this building called the Oculus. 
And it's sitting at a weird angle across from World Trade, across from the fire station you just mentioned. Then they have the actual memorial underground that you're going to talk about, and then the footprint of the two towers. So it's in this cluster that's probably some of the most expensive real estate in the world uh, that they've now dedicated to sort of have people reflect. And the Oculus building is is two, it's like a dove's wings that come out. It's one of the most interesting buildings I've ever been in. And the way it's, the reason why it's oriented cattywampus on the site is because on 9-11, at the exact time that the first tower was struck, the sun will break the plane of this window that goes along the spine of the building where these two wings come out of. And it will travel along that line all day on 9-11. So on 9-11, it's like a church inside. Mm. It's packed to the gills with people. They ring the bell. And then immediately as the, as the first plane went into that tower, the sunbeam will come down through the window in the skylight, uh, hit the ground floor where people are standing and then stay on that path. It's one of the most moving pieces of architecture besides Sagrada Familia in Barcelona that I've ever been to. But approaching that, I want to just know how you felt before you go down into and talk about the memorial. How did it feel? Because we'd been there before. We, You and I had been to New York when the building was still there. And then we were also in New York on a job interview when there was people, when there was a hole in the ground. Uh, we also went there. How did it feel approaching it this time? Yeah, well, I was glad that we went on the on the the day of the shooting. We had gone and we'd seen the memorial outside, and then we decided not not to go inside just because it was such an emotional day and and so many things were happening. And so we thought, well, well, next time we come back to New York, we'll go to the memorial. And then my son really pressed me to to go. He said, "I know this is why you wanted to come here," and and talking to people that have lost I, I i didn't know anyone that jumped that day uh but i did know a young man that ron and i knew and i wrote his story on my facebook page his name was corporal jason dunham and he responded in the war on terror uh he was the first marine to be awarded uh the medal of honor he jumped on a grenade s- saved his platoon uh, lost his life as a result of that and and jason died on my birthday and i I wanted to go and honor him too, and men like him. It gave me an opportunity when we when when we went back to do that to think about him to honor him. I had warned my son that when I go inside, you might see. Oh, I said you might see your father cry. You might see your father cry today, and you might see me openly weep. Uh, and if I do, I want you to know that it's okay that that grown men cry sometimes. Uh, but I felt very vulnerable, and and some friends told me they said, you know, th- it might be harder for you than it is for your child because I was worried about being too hard on on my son. And they said for him, it's going to be more of a museum because he wasn't alive, but because you are alive and you know people that have died as a result of what happened on nine eleven, they said it'll be very different for you. Um, and it was. I have to say, the grounds are beautiful. They are stunning. Uh, the Oculus is stunning. The memorial itself is stunning. When you see a white rose, a white flower, it means that it's someone's birthday. So when you see that white rose and, and flower, uh, it's heartbreaking. You still see family members uh, that are there on those birthdays and having quiet remembrances. And, the, and, then, and then when you go inside the building uh, and you walk around, you can, you can see the foundation 
of the towers and you can see where they had cut the foundation. And for some people that haven't been there, or if you haven't been there since they have completed the memorial in the museum, uh, that's what you're walking around inside. And so just to point out uh, up uh, on ground level, the memorial itself is the silhouette of the two buildings and it's a never ending waterfall. They took steel that was inside the building, repurposed it, laser etched every person's name around these perimeters. That's free of charge. You can walk right up 24 hours a day, see this incredible memorial. And then the museum is underground. So you go through the entrance down many, many stories because yeah. it used to be a subway terminal. There was underground parking. There was all kinds of stuff. You go down and down and down and down and you open up into this giant cavern of a museum. Yeah. And you're walking around the, the inside of the towers and, and you can see where the towers were. You can see uh, there's still a brick staircase, a cement staircase where, where people escaped. Um, and without going into the whole thing, I would encourage you to go. Uh, they have something very lovely, an app that you can connect to your phone. What I thought was interesting is why it was new information for my son. I think because we were on the radio for so long and, and telling these stories, you you just if, if you were somehow connected to it, you, you know, the stories, yeah, you, you don't need the app. You just know the stories. And in walking around there, there were two things that really hit me. One, there's a theater room that you can walk into at any time. And in that theater room, they've recorded the family members on nine 11, reading their family members names. And then what they have done is you can see pictures and then you'll hear the eulogy and they, they just, they play constantly. They play constantly. So you hear the bell ring, you'll hear someone's name, and then maybe you hear a brother or a sister, a father, a daughter. You'll hear them share a eulogy and, and something interesting and lovely about the person that died that day. And then you see their pictures everywhere. And it, it blows you away when you see the 343 firefighters, the 92 police officers in Port Authority that were connected to all that. Uh, and then you just see all these souls that were from all over the world, right? Because it was the World Trade Center. Do they see, still have the fire engines that were crushed and they're now down in the museum? Yeah. So there's the fire engine that was crushed. You see all 11 men that jumped off that truck. And I think it was truck 12. And they jumped off that truck. And you see them on video fighting fighting a fire together outside the World Trade and then you see all 11 men go into World Trade on the video, and then they never came out. They never came out. None of them ever came out. And their truck is sitting there in remembrance uh, to these 11 men that arrived along with the other 343 and, and never got out. I will say this. The, there's a part of the museum where they talk about people jumping, and they have it, and, and we didn't go in that because I, I don't need to relive that and see that. Like, I know it. And, and, um, and I, I don't know. I just, I did not want to go in there. I, I know what happened and I didn't want him. Yeah. Uh, and they have a warning for kids and it, and it's good that they have that warning. My favorite thing, and it's in the middle of the museum is, uh, all the pictures of all the people that came with their dogs from all over the world. And these dogs are highly trained. And some of these dogs are therapy dogs. 
Some of these dogs are search and rescue dogs. They came with their handlers from everywhere, from all of this country, and again, from all over the world. And part of the exhibit is focused on all these canines, what they did that day and in the coming days, and, and pictures of how heroic and lovely and wonderful they were. And thank God for the dogs, because is it got a little overwhelming for me. You could just go and you could stand and you you could you could focus on these exhibit of these beautiful dogs and animals and canine and these beautiful people that came. Uh, and you know by now that all these dogs have passed away, right? Because it's 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 going on twenty years, which which blows me away. But in the exhibit, they really honor these animals that came and their handlers, and it's really beautiful and lovely. Um, and I would encourage you. If you're like me and it's hard to walk in that part of the museum and watching people jump, uh, walk into that part of the museum where you watch some heroic dogs and some heroic handlers. Uh, it's really beautiful and lovely. So, All in all, you guys have a good time in New York? We had a great time in New York. And while I was there, I stayed up late one night and I wrote something to my son. It's on my Facebook page if you'd like to read it. And I'm going to read it to you next. Hey, you guys, we want to thank everybody in the Ron and Don Nation that has been switching to Mitch and Mitch.loans. Mitch, I got to ask you, here comes 2022. A lot of people are thinking money's going to be way too expensive. I'm not even going to be able to afford a home. What are you hearing about money, finances, stock market, interest rates as we start looking at 2022? What does it look like? That's a great question. And everyone's saying rates will rise. But when we we have to keep in mind that rates rising is totally a perspective thing, right? Because rates have been, yes, two and a half, three percent recently. But when we were young <laughs> or when our parents bought houses, rates were 12, 15 percent. So still compared to that, rates are good. And we see rates going up, but rates will stay manageable, and money's still cheap, guys. All right, he's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. Go to Mitch.loans right now. Tell him you're with Ron and Don, and you save half a percent on your new loan. Mitch.loans, NMLS, 169-1573. All right, you guys, before we get out of here, I just want to share something with you that I wrote uh, to my 12-year-old to my on our uh, birthday week as we headed off to uh, New York. It says, to my baby boy, G. Force O'Neill, on his 12th birthday, uh, dear Bubba, uh, I call him Bubba. So 12 years ago today, as Bruce Hornsby's song, Fields of Grey, played on the overhead speakers at Swedish Hospital, I got to cut the cord and meet you for the very first time. To tell the truth, I was scared. I was afraid. I was also a bit drunk from the three double jack and Cokes I had downstairs in a local bar waiting for your arrival. And growing up, I didn't have a dad throughout my young life, and I thought the lack of modeling would be a detriment my ability to be your father, your friend, and someone you might look up to one day. Though I had no idea what I was doing, I knew one thing. I knew after holding you in my arms that I wasn't going to do what my dad had done to his wife and four kids. I wasn't going to run. But I knew that I was in trouble, and I knew I needed help. So over the course of the next few years, I've read books, I took classes, I sought out a therapist, thanks to Mr. Ron. And I addressed my drinking, which was my way of numbing, of hiding, and not showing up for myself. When you don't show up for yourself, Bubba, you can't show up for other people. No one is ever going to come to save you in this life. You must have the grit, the determination, the fortitude, and the spirituality to save yourself. 
It's an inside job that only you can address. As you turn 12 today, and I turn 55 in a few days, Bruce's song remains my prayer for you and my prayer for me. Bruce wrote Fields of Grey in 1992 after finding out that he wasn't just going to have one son. He's about to have two sons. And when he and his wife, Kathy, brought their baby boys home, Bruce was feeling many of the feelings I've just shared with you. But instead of running and numbing, he sat down at his piano in his kid's nursery, and he wrote to Russell and Keith. He wrote this really amazing song. This song was his promise and his commitment as their father. This is from Fields of Grey. Quote, when the night lies so still, before I go to sleep, I come by. I come by just to look at you. And in the dim light, I say that in my own small way that I will try, I will try to help you through. There'll be blue skies falling. There'll be bad scenes and bad dreams. And in a world so uncertain through the clouds, it's hard to see. But I will grab you and I will lift you as you hold on tight and sway. We'll go walking across the fields of gray. As Bruce wrote his song, it has certainly been easier, I must say, to be your father when life has presented us with blue skies. But the calling of any parent is to be there for you when the skies turn gray. That is the greater challenge and has been a great challenge for me. When your daddy lost his job, when it was printed for all the world to see in the Seattle Times and kids and teachers asked you about it at school, when you were bullied at the same school, when you visited Children's Hospital, we visited Children's Hospital many times to battle your medical issues. When Grandpa died, when your best friend moved away, when Nola, our first dog, passed, and when COVID hit and we became isolated just like everyone else in the world, those were the fields of gray. Those were the fields of gray that Bruce was talking about and singing about. But in those fields, I have shown up for you. I have walked with you. I have cried with you, prayed with you, and at times... I have carried you because I have done the work. And so I could do it. I could carry you through those fields. I'm closer to the end of my life than I am to the beginning. I pray every day that I'm here long enough to give you a good push into the world. I want to thank you, Bubba, for having such a profound impact on my life. And although I am far from being a perfect parent and I blow it at times on the daily, I do know one thing, that I have learned to show up for myself and that has allowed me to show up for you. Learning that unlocked everything for me. And as you grow up, I think it'll be important, an important key for you as well. One day, when I'm no longer here, I hope you'll listen to Bruce's song and read this. Know that I am not far away. Just take a walk, and you will find me walking with you, walking in the fields of gray. Happy 12th, young man. Today we celebrate the kind, the thoughtful, the curious, and the cool human that you have become. May this trip around the sun be full of blue skies, cool diving trips, roadblocks, and lots of walks with your new dog, Charlie, and a trip to NYC in a few short hours that you don't even know about. It is my honor today to be called your daddy with love and devotion, my son, your dad. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to the show about New York City. Thanks for stopping by and being our friends and being allowing us to be your broadcasters and your realtors. If you need us, just reach out, and we'll see you next time for the next episode right here. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back, and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only!
only on the Ron Don Radio Network.